Amen. So, I don't know about you, but this world is pressing in upon us with a lot of different opinions of what needs to be overcome. We have a, we have a pandemic, you could call it, uh, of kinds of different things. I know people call it different things. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you, know, you know, from the, from the natural side, it's something that we have to overcome this thing, don't we? So it becomes the focus. Everywhere you go, people are, are doing the guidelines that have been given to them to overcome this thing. Great credence is given to a lot of things that have been put into place to overcome this. Other things have come. Social things have, have happened in this last year. And, and, and what happens is there's both sides of this that we see as there being this contention. You know, even with, the, with, with, with COVID, you know, you can get on another side of this tour. You think it's just a, a conspiracy itself that has to be overcome. The conspiracy has to be overcome. There's all kinds of stuff that we have to overcome. <laughs> a, 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 a different kind of sickness in our life. We have to overcome that thing. We have to overcome a relational issue that we've got going on in our life. And so we're presented with methods of overcoming, aren't we? How do we overcome this stuff? And it's amazing to me <laughs> some of the things that are presented as solutions for overcoming issues. And, and I won't go into detail. You know, you probably are all familiar with some of this stuff. But, but there's a way to overcome and it does not come from a man's way. There's a way that seems right unto a man. And the end of that way is death. That's not me saying that. That's the word. So anytime there's a source that is coming from what seems right to a man, you can't put a lot of confidence in it. And, I, and I'm thinking about, uh, uh, you, know, you know, we are in this time, we talked about pressing into the things of God, to what God has for us in this coming year. And we're in a time of, of fasting before God. What are we wanting to accomplish? What are we wanting to overcome? And I want to talk about overcoming today. How many want to overcome? <laughs> and again, I don't want to approach it from a way that is being influenced by the world around us because I don't have any confidence in anything that's being presented to me. I mean, it, it, everything is like, can you trust anything? All these solutions that, that I mean, we'll, we'll put you in camps. We'll, you know, shut down the economy. Okay, okay, but, but is that really a solution, you know? Am I really going to overcome at the end of this? So, we as Christians, you know, I, I believe God's going to direct us in some of these practical ways that we need to do. We might need to resist this or resist that. But what should our focus be? It's, it, and it will be similar to what I just talked about with fasting. Okay. I gave you too much of a clue already. I was trying to lead you along a little bit, but... Uh, but you're, you'll see where I'm going here. And man, this, this is going to be wonderful. Are you ready for this? Say, I'm ready. Overcoming. So we're going to talk about what we're overcoming. 
that needs to be our focus. Because, you know, you just can't focus on everything. There's just so much resource you have in the overcoming department, you know. So we're going to have to know what to focus on and, and then how, how we're going to overcome. Okay? Does this sound too simple? Hopefully, because, you know, it doesn't need to be too complicated. But. So, so we, get a, we get some good things from, from, the old, uh, from uh, Revelation. And how many know there's an end to all of this? And here's the challenge. A lot of times, um, you know, we have a church right now, and I believe God has a specific purpose for this church. I believe he has direction and, and he has a, has a goal for us to accomplish. But a lot of times we're in the middle of it. We don't see the overview of it. We don't, we don't see what's actually taking place, where our focus actually is, and re- realizing that we're coming to an end of what we're about on this earth. And sometimes it's good to look at, this is where Revelation can be helpful in this, and I just want to look, because in the second and third chapters of Revelation, it talks about churches, and it uses seven churches. I just want to go through them quickly, because there's a promise for each one of these churches of overcoming. And it presents it presents a challenge to them. It, some of the churches, there's, there's, there's things that are positive, that they're doing well. And then it, it says, but there's some things that need to be overcome. And we'll see how, how, how critical this is. And, and I think we can just, can we just draw some things from this? Because, you know, we, we've, we have some other scriptures in, in, that I'm going to get to once we're through this that have to do with who we are in Christ and some of these things that we can focus on. But I believe we can see what the real overcoming is that we need to be focusing on ourselves. Okay? Can we do that? So this first church of Ephesus, Revelation 2, 1 through 7. I don't want to read the whole thing because that can kind of get, you know, <laughs> just reading a book, you know. But, but I, I want to just point out some of these Main points, the pros, they were doing good. They were doing the right works. They were doing the right things. They were working hard at it. They were patient. They were abhorring evil. They were doing good in that department. They had actually judged people that were imposters, that weren't legitimate. They weren't just allowing people to come in and and presume to be something. But it says this about them, and this is this. You know, we could maybe just, just use this one church. It says, but the problem is, it says, I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. And here's what it is. How many know, know Christ today? Now, and, and if you don't, well, there's a op- wonderful opportunity to receive him as your savior. But when you receive Christ, you're receiving him. Now, salvation comes with that. Salvation includes all kinds of things in your life. But that that moment when you encounter Christ, you're overwhelmed by the love of God. And he forgives you of all the things that are wrong in your life. That's just amazing. And you're not even thinking about anything else because you've been loved by God and you've received it. And it's transformed you. And now your life is going to go forward and you're going to be with Christ. And it's, you know what I mean? It's kind of like when she said yes. It's like, 
every, you know, the, the angels started singing and lights came on from above. And it's like, everything's just going to be wonderful. And I didn't realize we were going to have all these issues. <laughs> Little kids, we're going to have all these, all these things that, you know, that, that, that come up. Yeah, we have two issues here this morning that we'd like to go over. <laughs> but, but this is actually very precious, and it's a good analogy, because anytime the other issues come up, it's just like Jesus, he gave his life for the church like a wife, right? Like a husband for a wife. And... Anytime an issue comes up, you go back to the first love to remedy it. You say, you know, there might be some issues we need to deal with here. But one thing we're not going to deal with, one thing we're not going to let go of is the first love. And a lot of times going back to that will put you in a position to take care of the things that need to be taken care of as they should be. Amen? So this church had that problem. They were doing everything right. I mean, you, you know, they had all, they were... They were picking up their socks off the floor, you know, they were, they were doing the dishes, you know, <laughs> everything else, but they weren't in love anymore. So what was their problem? They needed to overcome this. This, this is one of the major issues I believe in the church is leaving the first love that we have. <laughs> so to overcome, you have to remember what that was like. You have to repent. Now, what is repenting? Repenting is saying, I'm not going to hold on to the way I've been. I'm going to go in a different direction now. And return to that love. And with that, over, uh, with that overcoming, there's a promise. So it, it's interesting. Each one of these churches, there's a promise. When you overcome, there's going to be a reward for it. Now, sometimes I think we have a hard time relating to what a tree of life is. But I guess maybe even in my example here, it would be applicable because we want life, don't we? We want an abundant life. We, we want a life that is, is at peace. Where we're working together as partners. Where, where we're having a, a church that we're walking together in, in newness of life together. You have those things because you're doing everything right. Or because you're holding on to your first love. Is this good? Amen? So, you overcome by remembering what got you there in the first place. Saying, I'm going to let go of these other things I've been depending upon. And I'm going to return to that place. And then you get to experience all of that life that you are trying to accomplish in your own strength. Amen? Church in Smyrna, verses 8 through 11. These people were actually being persecuted and put into prison. Persecution, imprisonment, the things that could be looming, you know, they're, they're realities in, in, in many parts of the world. What they're meant to do, what, what it was the, what's the purpose of persecution and, and imprisonment? To squelch, to cause fear. You know what? It, 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 it's successful in a lot of ways. 
Right now, there's a, there's a lot of churches that are just are, are dying off. Giving in to the persecution of some things that are being put upon us. But there's a possibility with everything that comes against you for it to not make you shrink, but for you to grow. And so it's, it's interesting, this church, he said, even though you're going through persecution, you have been, you, you, your possibility to overcome is to be faithful. What are you being faithful to? I think it's similar to that first church, your first love. So, so when the persecution's coming against you do, you, do you overcome it by attacking it? Do you overcome it by be, be, becoming angry and posting things? <laughs> you know? Or do you become faithful to the one who will get you through that? Your faithfulness can mount in the times of persecution. With overcoming, there'll be a crown of life unhurt by a second death. You know, one of the biggest things the enemy has against us is what will happen if somebody takes my life. This has been the thing that, that has, has uh, uh, been interesting to me about what we're going through in, in some things is this fear of death. If you can, if you can cause a, a group of people to be afraid of death, you can cause them to do anything. You can, the fear of death will guide people. That's why Jesus came to take it. He came to take that fear of death. And this church, you know, they were not impressed. How do you stay faithful when faced with death? Persecution. You stay faithful when you're no longer fearful of death on this earth. Because you have eternal life that transcends anything on this earth. Amen? And now you have the crown of life. They think they're taking your life. But you are crowned with life. Talk about a corona. <laughs> you get the crown of life. We're no longer afraid of it. Amen? Is that good? Church in Pergamum. The pros... They remained faithful in spite of surrounding worldly idolatry. So they were actually in a, in a society that was actually a seat of ungodliness. The society was actually established in that. So they were, they were, there was a, this oppression of wickedness and evilness. And they remained faithful in spite of that. But they did allow... Permissive doctrines to remain. So even though they were being faithful to God, they were allowing other things to come in. They were, they were, uh, uh, they were actually allowing infidelity and the partaking of substances that were not godly. And they said, it's okay. I don't know what their justification was, but somebody came in with a doctrine and they allowed it. So there was to overcome that. What was what was the necessity to repent of that? And it was interesting what their overcoming reward would be. It would to eat of hidden manna. 
and receive a unique name on white stone. Isn't this interesting reward? So when they repented of this, and there's a potential for all of us, we take our cue from the word of God. We don't take it from what the, what, what, what's most popular. It's so interesting to me. They take a poll to see what we should do. And if enough people think it's right, we should do it, I guess. And the word of God very rarely goes down that road. Right? So we, we don't take the wide road. We take the narrow one. It leads to salvation, doesn't it? So in the, in the saying, you know what? It would be a lot easier to fit into our society if we just accepted some things. If we just partook of a little bit of stuff, we might increase our numbers a little bit. You know? People might like us a little bit more. We can just adjust our doctrine a little bit to make it more palatable and easy for people to fit into. But it says that if you want to overcome, this is, this is detrimental. There's warnings with this. But if, if you overcome that and you say no, 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 no. We're not going to allow those kinds of things. Our life is committed unto God. What does it say here? It says you will partake of something that is a substance that they can't even see. They can't even recognize. It's a substance from heaven. It's a source of life. Amen? And, and, and while you're tempted to, to allow your name to be included among all the popular ones around you, when you resist that and for, for social pressures, you say, no, I'm not going to do that, you get a name that is pure. It's not tainted by compromise. Amen? It's given to you, written on white stone. Is that amazing? Church in Thyatira, pros, works. They, they're, they're good at doing stuff too. They love, man. They, they, people feel loved around them. They have faith and they're in, they have patience. Aren't these wonderful things to have? But they followed perverted leadership into fornication and idolatry, similar to this other church, right? Sometimes leadership can be a problem. And your devotion and loyalty to leadership can be an issue that, that needs to be overcome. Okay, we're talking about overcoming here this morning, aren't we? These are some things that you think, well, uh, can we talk about our world? Can we talk about some of these other things? Well, this is the church. These are issues in the church. That if you're going to get to a place of overcoming, these cannot be ignored. You cannot overcome an enemy that you're participating with. You might not perceive that. But I'm so thankful that we get some perception of this. That the word of God wakens this up to us and we can say, no. If I'm going to overcome and be a representative of God in the overcoming realm, in this world right now, I'm going to have to focus my overcoming in areas that the word of God talks about. Amen? There's, our God is a most holy God. He overcomes in holiness. He overcomes in righteousness. Amen? 
all right, I'm not done with this one. So how you overcome then is to not be seduced, not allow your heart to be drawn to a man or a, a message, but hold fast to holiness and the purity that is God's works. How does God direct us to go? And with that overcoming will be power. Isn't this interesting how the association of this is? When you do not, when you're not seduced by leadership that's taken you in a direction that is opposite of God's word, what are you doing? You're submitting to a higher authority. And when you submit to a higher authority, he gives you power to be in authority and to actually influence the nations. You know what? Our nation needs influence of people that are not compromised to authorities on this earth. Amen? And you get the morning star. All right. Church in Sardis. Cons. Though having received life, they're acting as if dead. Ouch! How many of us, how, how many now have the life of God inside of you? Amen. How many of us are acting like it? <laughs> what, what does it look like to be alive in Christ? You know what I mean? It's, this one was kind of interesting to me because when, when you really are excited in a relationship, it changes your countenance. Do you ever see somebody that just fell in love with somebody? It's like, wow, they're bouncing on their feet now. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's different. And I'm challenging this. You know, I, my, my father was a pastor. I grew up here in the word of God. You know, I've gone through all kinds of challenges in my life where I've even questioned God and some different things. But you know what? I am right now wanting to be more and more excited about God. Because there's a danger. This has to be overcome. And I want to challenge us in this specifically. Do not let your life be seen as dead. Don't let this, this amazing life that's in you not even be seen because it's dead. <laughs> is this all right? Oh, this is kind of, man, we got to overcome this, don't we? Man, start wiggling your toe or something, you know, during worship. You know, it's, like, you know, <laughs> it's just notify the world that you're alive, you know? <laughs> So how do you overcome that? You watch for what is dying and care for its strengthening and renewal. Now, this is for us as we can take this personally, but it's also for us as a body. We need to become sensitive, not just to ourselves, but to somebody else in our body. We can say, oh, I see that they are, are fixing to die spiritually. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm seeing that they're going through something. They're oppressed. They're, they're being overwhelmed by the world. Now, Father, give me a word to say. Give me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If we're a body walking together in newness of life, there should be a reason for us to care if somebody is looking dead. 
<laughs> How can you walk in newness of life together with somebody that's dead? It's kind of hard to walk with somebody that's dead. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. You might have to put them on a wagon or something, you know, kind of pull them along. <laughs> but there's a need to recognize these things and say, oh God, how can I, how can I represent your life being dead? So with it, with, when you do these things, when you overcome this, there's white clothing and a name confessed before the Father. Isn't that precious? There's a righteousness and a presentation before God of life and a name that goes along with that. Praise God. Church in Philadelphia. Pros, they have open doors that no man can shut. Don't you like that verse? God will open doors that no man can shut. They have that going on. Man, they're doing things that are amazing. They're strong. They're kept word. They don't deny the things that are good. But there's still a necessity, even when you're operating in these things and God is working in your life, for there to be a tenacity to where you hold fast to the word as a prized possession. Amen? And I want to challenge us in this. We never arrive. If you're more than an overcomer, it's because you are overcoming Holding on to the prize of the word. Amen? With overcoming, you become a pillar in the temple of God. Wouldn't that be something? To not be a weight, to not be a reason for there to be strife and division, but actually to be somebody that other people can lean upon and something upon that, that the church can find strength from. And the name of the city of God is written on. I thought this was an interesting thing. That God actually writes his name on you when you hold on to his word. Isn't that interesting? All right. I think we got one more here. Are you good? You liking all these church things? All right. Church of Laodicea. Cons. Not, they were not hot or cold. They were lukewarm. What did God say about that? He said, I'm getting rid of you. You know I'm so thankful for the grace of God. It covers all of our sins. But you know what? It's something that we have to access. And its purpose, the grace of God, its purpose is to present us, to prepare us, not to just give us excuses. Amen? And the purpose of the grace of God is to, <laughs> to make us the ones that say, the refiner, I want to be consumed by your fire. I want to be on fire for God. That's what he's looking for. And he said, if you're just going to be going back and forth, playing with the world and playing with God and acting like you can have both, that's detestable. <laughs> yeah, there's some... There's, there's some references to this, you know, that it, it, it's, like, it, it's like a man not being faithful to his wife, thinking he can still have his wife while being unfaithful to her. Man, that just does not work. So, 
What happens in somebody, and, and, and I want to challenge us in this because there's a, there's a tendency for us to say, okay, I need God in some areas of my life, and I'll show up on, the, on Sundays to, to show him how much I love him and need him, you know, but I don't need him in all of my life. I've got, so, I've got a lot of things covered, and that's where lukewarmness comes in, where you think, I am so successful at some things in my life, and I'm just going to bless God with my success, and God's saying, you don't have anything without me. You require me for everything. And until you see that, you have some overcoming to do. <laughs> All right. This isn't the overcoming you had in mind when I would start opening this up, is it? But I'll tell you what, there's solutions in, in all of these. Because what we're doing is we're saying, I am desperate to have God as my God in my life. Show me where this is not happening because I need to overcome that. I need to overcome the lukewarmness of God in my life. Show me how to do that. Amen? How do you overcome? You buy fire purified gold. Now, when I, when I saw this, I thought, so what's the deal with buying what happens when you, when you take resources and you exchange them for something else? You're seeing what you're getting as being worth what you're giving up. Right? So this is saying, take part of your life, give it up to get something that's actually pure. It's not, it's not compromised. It's not... It, when you, when you get what's real in God, you will not want to be cold towards him at all anymore. Lukewarm towards him. When you get the real, and that's why, man, make yourself real to us today, God. Amen? <laughs> White clothing. Get, get, get things that are completely right before God. Oh, I want to challenge us in this. Let's say, God, whatever... Whatever those compromises are in me, I just, I, I just put them before you now. I need to overcome these things once. Does, you know, I, I've got stuff in my life. I, it's like eventually, eventually we'll get this taken care of. You know, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. It's like, I, I really don't need God to get rid of it completely. I, I kind of like it a little bit. I, I, you know, some of this stuff, you know? You know? And we know what these things are. And we say, ah, you know, it, it's so good to just let go and just, you know, I actually traveled with a, <laughs> I traveled with a, with a, ministry group, you know, and, and some of these people, it's just, a, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to share too much, but people would say stuff like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just so tired. I just want to flesh out. They would, they would say, they would use that term. It's like, I just want to flesh out. And it might not have been all that, you know, might like eat a box of Snickers or something. You know, I, I don't know what it was, but, 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 but actually that attitude opened up in some of these people, some, what we're talking about today from these churches and openness to, you, you start to break down in one area, and as soon as you start to compromise, right? 
Even strife, you know what strife is, is, is the root of other things. Right? And strife, we can, we can put that aside real easy. You know? I'll, I'll take care of that. Unforgiveness. Some of those kinds of things, right? So I want to challenge this. Man, in overcoming, what are we going to overcome? I want to overcome anything that's between me and God. That's the purpose of fasting. Overcome anything between me and God because he's, my, he's, he's what I want. There's some other things in my life. They, they will be taken care of. But if I don't have him, just forget about the other stuff. Forget about using scriptures to overcome things in the world if you're not even overcoming yourself in your relationship with God. Is this too, is this too hard? All right. With overcoming in this area where you're no longer hot or cold, you're hot unto God. You actually get to sit I thought this was interesting. It's not just at his side. You sit in his throne. Isn't that interesting? So just as Jesus sat in the throne of God. Did you know that in Christ, he's prepared for us to be seated in heavenly places in him? Far above principalities and powers. Who's that for? Somebody who's lukewarm? What is the folk should be the focus of our overcoming? Getting rid of these things. Amen. Saying, God, that's me. You're talking to me today. I'm repenting. I'm going to make a change. Amen. There's rewards in these that, that again, like I said, there, there, there's some things in our world coming up. There's some storms, some fires that are that the world's going to present to us that we do not we do not need to be attacking the fires themselves we need to be attacking the overcoming inside of us that is keeping us from God really being our God amen is this truth today so I'd like to just look at another passage here in Revelation. This is the key to us. This is what we are desperate for. This is the, the songs we were singing today were just about this. It's about knowing God, knowing Christ. Amen? How do we overcome? Now, we saw some of these things that you do in a practical sense. But there's a very uh, spiritual sense that we apply ourselves to in a very... Uh, strategic and intentional way that we can set ourselves to. Don't you like to be able to do something? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, I've got a plan here. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. What we have continually is the enemy telling us that we are not what we are. If we could just get past seeing ourselves in a different way than we really are. The biggest challenge in the world today is a bunch of lies going around, making things to be seen as they real, as, not as they really are. And that's the enemy's uh, scheme against us 
for us to not see ourselves as we really are. How are you really? What do you have to overcome? The misperception of who you are. When you overcome the misperception of who you are, that, that will be a critical part of all these other things we've been seeing in these other churches. The relationship with God is directly connected to your perception of who you are. Okay? So in this next verse, we see a, a, a clue to this. It says, they triumphed over who? The accuser. The one that was telling them that they were something that they were not. Right? They triumphed over him. How did they do it? By the blood of the lamb. Something happened to you in Christ. It changed who you are. There has to be a reliance upon what Christ did and what it did to you. It's not enough to just put Jesus on a cross and feel sorry for him. You have to identify with what he went through and live that life that he rose to give you. Amen? They overcame by the blood of the lamb something that took place in them. It was a reality. But it's not enough to just have reality take place in you. It has to become a part of your testimony. What you're declaring. What's coming out of your mouth. You can tell what somebody believes by what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen? So the reality of what happened in Christ has to become something that becomes you can, you can begin to transform everything else in your life. All those things that the churches were dealing with, you overcome those things by beginning to say things about yourself that transform your perception. Because until your perception is transformed, your believing cannot be. And your believing is critical. Amen? I'm telling you what, this is good. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We go back to that again, right? <laughs> When you know who you really are and it becomes what's coming out of your mouth. What happened to the, children, the Hebrew children? They said, you can put me in that fire, but I will be saved. Instead of saying, oh no, don't do that. I'm sorry for whatever I did. Right? No, you don't shrink from that. Your testimony is something that's above what you're going through. Amen? Amen? How do you overcome the evil one? You know who you are and you declare it with confidence from a relationship with God. Amen? All right, here's another one. 1 John 5. Are you doing good this morning? So overcoming, it will be believing, acting, and then emulating. So you, we saw this. You have to get your believer associated. That happens through the blood of the lamb. What's happened to you in Christ? Amen? But then you have to start acting on it, speaking, and actually taking on the character of Christ. Amen? And this is, this will be love. Now, now this is, this is, man, this is so deep. It just, this overcoming area, just get ready. Let, let's focus on this in prayer. <laughs> you know? God, I, I want your love. You know how we love? We love because he loves us. So what am I getting in the presence of God? I'm getting love and I'm getting this ability to overcome that only comes through love. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God. Mm, that sounds like we're, we're overcoming. Not 
having a relationship with God, right? And carrying out his commands. It's not enough just to love him. You have to do what he says. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes what? Now, what is the world? And we saw this through these churches. The world is always coming in on us with a reason to let go of a relationship with God. It's enticing, right? What is the overcoming? So sometimes when I've seen that, I've seen you overcome the world. Oh, the world's coming at you with terrible, terrible things and you overcome those. You know what? The biggest thing the world comes with you is enticement. Not stuff to do against you. It's to entice you. To get you away from your relationship with God. But you know when, when you love as God loves. It puts you in a position to overcome the world. Amen. And it can't entice you. When you're loving like God loves. This is the victory that has. Ha, has overcome the world. Even our faith. What are we identifying with Christ? We're identifying with his love. He loved us so much. He laid down his life for us. Amen. Who is it that overcomes the world? Don't you like this scripture? This passage? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. I thought we were talking about love and everything like that, right? What does it mean to believe that Jesus is the son of God? We talked about having a believer. Your believer has to get in line with God. To believe that Jesus is the son of God includes what he came to do for you. If he came as the son of God and what he accomplished, now for you, it transforms who you are. Now, if he came and loved, so you can love. How do we overcome? This is our faith. This is what we believe. Amen? And it will transform our ability. There's stuff in the world. What are we needing to overcome though? Uh, again, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff in this world that's, that's Shouting at us, overcome me, overcome me, overcome me. <laughs> and get caught up in those things and all you do is get worn out, you know? What can we do that's going to be constructive? We can say, God, I'm going to overcome by your spirit these things in me that I can't overcome. Amen? And I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you came, gave your life for me. With every trial, there's not, not only overcome it, but it's, it's greater threat. So again, I said this. There's trials in the world, Romans 8, 37. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And I've always, have you ever wondered about that phrase? How can you be more than a conqueror? If you're a conqueror, you're pretty much a conqueror, right? He's talking about all these, these things in the world. I mean, you know, real, real tribulations. We, we haven't really had it bad yet. You know, we have to wear things and not do things. And, you know, what, but, but nobody's actually threatening us with anything, you know, at this point. So how do you become more than a conqueror? Because that threat against you, whatever you're going through, that you're thinking, man, I got to overcome this thing. If you're not careful, that thing overcomes you because you give up on your true overcoming in God. You get into doubt, you get into fear, you get into worry because of that tribulation. Yeah, 
And not only does it overcome you, but you are overcome in another way that is much more devastating, and it's your faith. That's why he says, no, all these things, in all these things, we don't just overcome the thing, we overcome its real threat of taking my faith. That's more than an overcomer. Isn't that good? What are we wanting to overcome? I want to overcome the world's ability to keep me from living completely unto God. Amen? Now, from that position, all these other things get taken care of. Amen? So in Christ, his overcoming is ours. John 16, Have I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So a lot of times what we're wanting to do is avoid all the trouble. Say, God, keep me from trouble. I don't like trouble. And if trouble shows up, you think, well, I guess I can't believe in God because I prayed for there to not be trouble and there's trouble. So I guess there is not a God. Right? Now, Jesus, he hit that off at the past. He said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Oh, I had the, I, I wanted a different translation. I, uh, I like the be of good cheer thing. Right? It's like, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So I had a real, uh, a, an example of this. Um, are you all doing all right here? You good? So I played football in high school. And football is a, is a violent sport. It's, you know, part of practicing is hitting people as hard as you can. You know, throwing your body against them, you know, and, and uh, hoping they go down instead of you, you know. Um, and uh, we actually did pretty good. Um, especially through my junior year, we won, we won state. And part of the reason we won state is uh, because we had this guy on our team that was the athlete of the year for Colorado. He, we won state uh, in football. He won state in wrestling. I think he won state in track. I mean, you know, just one of those animal kind of guys, you know. And um, so I was thinking about this, this way because, you know, uh, we had some pretty were the opponents, and we would, um, you know, the coach would get, tell us how, how big and bad they were, you know. And uh, we, we could, hearing about them, we could kind of get intimidated by another team. You know, you, you can see that actually even in professional sports. When somebody gets on the field and they're outmatched, you, you can tell that they're, I can't wait for this to be over with, you know. Um, but no matter how, how, how worthy our opponents were, we always knew we had Mike. We were with Mike. <laughs> so, you know, I was thinking about Jesus. When I've read this before, it's like, that's, that's kind of, uh, it's like, you're, guess what? You're, you're all going to have a lot of tribulation, but be happy. Well, we can be happy. There, there's two words in there that are, are very critical for us. And this is the overcoming that we need to have in our life. It says, so that in me, you may have peace. 
you may have peace. It's the being in him that's up to us. The blood has established his, including us. The being in him is up to us. We have to set our, our hearts apart. Amen? He said, when you are in me, it's like going na 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 na. This is fun. You know, it's fun when you got the right guy on your team. You know, that, that my junior year, I was actually behind him. I, he, I, I was a running back, and he was a running back. I started one game. Thank goodness we won that game. He was hurt one game. And, and, and we, we won that one game, and I was, I, you know, it was my chance to shine. But a lot of times, I'm standing on the, on the sidelines watching violence with good cheer. <laughs> because Mike was near, you know. You know what I mean? Tribulation has no influence over you or impact over you other than to make you go ha, ha, ha when you're in Christ. Amen? So what is the overcoming we need to have here? The tribulation? No, the being in Christ. You take care of being in Christ. You take care of him actually being your Lord and saying, no, I'm not going to allow these other things to, to influence me, these other ideas, these other ways of participating in things. You take care of those things, and now your confidence is strong towards God. If your heart doesn't condemn you, you have confidence towards God. Who's this heart-condemning thing? Is it just something you need to learn to deny condemnation? To say there's no condemnation so I can do whatever I want to do? No, you say I consecrate my life unto God so that my heart re that really knows what I'm doing will have confidence. Amen? In the revelation of Christ, we become undefeatable. And Simon answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but my father in heaven. This is the key. No one who Jesus is, we, we said this before, First John talked about this, that he is the son of God, the son of the living God. Who is he? When this Jesus that you are having a relationship with, that you are talking to in your private time, actually becomes in your belief the Son of God? How awesome is that? You're actually talking to him. You're actually communing with him. You're actually finding out stuff about him from the word. And it begins to change your choices in life. And the way you're living. Your outlook on life. But Jesus said it's not just that. It's not just a wonderful, you know, glorious thing for you. It's how God overcomes the world. This revelation. You are blessed son of Jonah. For flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. He's making a correlation here. He's saying, uh, your name is rock, but this understanding that you have is the thing that I will build my church upon. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
the, the gates of hell are wanting to impose themselves upon the church, upon you, upon me. How is that kept? By the understanding that the most important thing in my life is my relationship with the Son of God. Amen. God builds something in that understanding that the very gates of hell, the things that we think are so ominous and terrible, and we have some big things going on right now, we need to pray about them. But where do we, where should our focus be first of all? And this is what I've been challenged with since last year. We did a whole series on acknowledging God. What should be our focus right now? Overcoming anything that would come between me and the Son of God and his work that he's done in me. I like, I like how Paul talks about it. I am just pressing towards towards that mark that somehow I may be able to hold what he's already taken hold of for me. Amen? Paul, at the end of his life, he said, what am I trying to overcome? I'm just trying to overcome this, this chasm between me and fulfilling everything that Christ has done for me. <laughs> right? When you get God, when you get God in this relationship that you've been given him by grace, it's amazing. When you actually begin, that becomes your, your overcoming. What's your life about today? Well, I'm overcoming not really knowing God like I'm capable of knowing him. What happens in that? It, it, it says you're going to be seated in heavenly places above principalities and power. You're going to have authority over those things you know, Jesus, Jesus was a great example of this. He would go up onto the mountaintop to spend time with his father. Why? Because he was, he was becoming ensconced with this understanding of who he was in his relationship with his father. And because he was in that place, he was seated with his father. Well, he, he, he was actually seated there later on, but he had this understanding of who, who he was, what he could do. And he would come down off of that mountain and now he, he saw some, a dead person. So what? He's been talking to the almighty God. Amen? This is what we have in Christ. If he's the son of God, what he's come to do is to make us new. Not to just live a dead life, but to live one that's alive unto him. 